Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Amen. It is so good to be with you tonight. Um, Let's pray. God, we so thank you. Uh, What a privilege it is to be in your house, uh, God, to hear your word. God, in an uh, AC-conditioned room, my God, on today. God, you're worthy of it all. God, would you remove me that they hear you? God, because if they hear me, God, people won't leave healed. If they hear me, God, people won't leave delivered, knowing that you're infinitely beautiful, infinitely worthy of honor and praise. God, here we are, God. We just want to hear from you tonight. God, would you make your word plain? Would your Holy Spirit illuminate the word of God so that we would be transformed? God, that our heart would be nude, our mind would be nude. God, that we would leave here differently than when we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm excited to to be in front of you. What a privilege. Um, I have to say, Mission Church, y'all are special people, let me tell you. Um, I have gotten all kind of texts and love from you tonight, uh, today, for tonight. And um, I I believe that since you prayed hard, I'll preach hard, okay? Um, So um, our, our main text for tonight... Um, is going to be in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. So if you have your Bibles or your app on your phone, amen, come on, pull it out. Um, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we had loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen to God's word. Um, So I am an ENFJ, uh, Enneagram 2. Basically, that just means I love people and maybe a little too much. Um, And so the pandemic has been really difficult for me because I can't, you know, be filled by people, connect with people, right, meet up. We've been very isolated. Um, Thank God for technology, but Zoom didn't do it for me. Uh, FaceTime couldn't do it for me. Um, And so now that we've been able to connect, um, you know, in person more because we've been opening up, um, you know, catching up for lost time, people ask, you know, what's new in your life? And especially peers around my age, what they really are saying is anybody new in your life? Um, are there any um, young ladies? Are there, um, how, how is your love life? One of my friends actually goes, every time he sees me from college, he goes, um, Mike, how is she? Who is she? I'm your friend. I don't... <laughs> Um, And so at first I was, you know, would get offended and I would be like, you know, I am doing well. Thank you very much. And then I was like, this is an opportunity to pray. She is blessed. She is um, working a six-figure job. She loves the Lord. Come on. Um, And so um, it seemed like that question was inevitable anywhere I went. And then I start, you know, when I'm in quiet time reading with the Lord, a lot of 
love was just as important to the Lord as the people around me who cared about me. Because they cared about me, they wanted to know who was in my life. And in the same way, the Lord asked this question of us, and he says, and this is the topic uh, tonight, the title, how is your love life? How is your love life? Just turn to your neighbor and say, how is your love life? Now, now, before you get nervous, before you, I see some people getting a little nervous before you leave, before you get up and leave, um, this doesn't have to do with your status of relationship. If you're married, single, uh, a fiance, it's complicated, widow, whatever you have, because <laughs> if the truth be told, come on now, somebody. Um, no matter where you are in your life, this is a pivotal question that God asks us is how is your love life? And so um, there are four, four questions within this um, that I want to look at for points uh, this evening. The first one is, what is love? So I went through my text messages, and I would also allow, uh, I would encourage you to do the same. Um, and I went to my text messages, and I searched the word love. I wanted to see, how do I use love? So let me read um, a couple of the ways that love has come up. Um, I'm going to, this is called vulnerability, okay? So don't be going on Facebook and Instagram talking about, ooh, this how, mm, his text messages. Um, okay, I said, I would love to grab lunch. Ooh, I would love that. It's not even funny. I would love to join. Love you, love you, praying for you. Ooh, that's spiritual, see, get that one. Um, Ha, 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 I love it. Well, I have Comcast, I love it. And um, then um, one of my top people that where love came up was none other than our lovely pastor, Pastor Tyler Johnson. Um, we can give him a hand clap. We love you, we love you as you're watching, praying that you are resting, you and Rachel are resting well so you can um, minister hard. Um, but this is what he, how he uses it, at least with me. Love it, party time. Love it, pump, smiley face. Boom, love it. Come on, love it. So it seems like in general, we use the word love as an intense emotion for like, to describe how excited we are for something or how much we enjoy something. But God is not calling us to intensely like him or other people. So it's not that the way that we use love um, in our text message or, or with people is an issue, but it can lead us to a misconception of our expectations of what love should look like. So um, the same way I love pineapple on pizza is not the same way I'm called to love God or people. Because Snickers 24 and 7 says, you are not you when you are hungry. And so my mood changes based on what I eat. And so if your mood is based on what you eat, how can love, which this is supposed to be a grounded, everlasting, endless, relentless, true, faithful, humble love, how could that be so if it's contingent upon how you feel? So then it's, a, it's challenging to us to see what the Lord says in his text because um, thanks be to God that while we were unlikable, he still loved us. In Romans 5 and 8, it says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, in that while we were unlikable, in that while we were still enemies, he died for us. 
So, and if the truth be told, don't look at your neighbor. Just look at me. Just look at me. Don't get in trouble. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. But there might be people on your row or in your home as you're watching this that you haven't always liked. But yet you're still called to love them, right? Uh, And so um, we have this. And and it doesn't just stop there that the God that we serve, even though we were unlikable, has transformed us and made us likable. That he says in Psalms 147.11, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. That tonight, if you have uh, received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you put your trust in him, come on somebody, God likes you and delights in you. And he finds pleasure in you because you are his son, because you have been made new, you have been transformed. And so that's the good news of the gospel, that even though I wasn't likable, God loved me and transformed me and made me likable. And so um, 1 Corinthians, uh, we're going to dive into what is love. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7 says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So Paul is an interesting writer. And so we're not going to dive deep into this particular text, but just kind of take a bird's eye view here. And Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, and um, they were really, really into looking about themselves. They had um, really loved the, the, spiritual, the spiritual gifts, and, and Paul had to kind of correct them and really show them the goal or the aim of the gifts was not to point to me, was to point to him. Um, and by doing that, it is in love that they exercise what God has given them as a gift. But when Paul talks about love here, He uses actions and attributes or attitudes to describe love. So, and we've heard it plenty of times, love is an action word. Well, yes, um, with love, there are intense emotions with it, but they aren't just the sum of action or the sum of emotion. If we look here, as he using these characteristics to describe love, it really shows love is a character. So it's not just something that a Christian says or a Christian does, but is who the Christian is. That's the admonition tonight, that we would understand who we are in light of who he is. And so because what good does our do have if it's not resting what he's already done, right? And so his love for us expressed through Jesus Christ on the cross transforms us in the way that we love others. So it's not just something that we do or say, but is who we are. It is the character of love that we have been um, been marked. So it is by the love of God that we have been marked, identified, and distinguished. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. 
So it was by the love of God that now we have been marked and identified as his children because of love. So his love for you tonight is not something that you should just leave with an emotional high, but you should be grounded in who you are because of his love. And what I love about this is that because love is a character, um, when um, uh, in our text uh, in 1 John chapter 4, it says God is love. It's not just something God feels towards you, or it's not just something that God does to you, but because his character is love, that's good news. Because that means his love is not conditional on who I am, who I was, what I do, what I say, how many times I've said it or done it, who I did it with, um, who, how many times I did it with. Them. It don't matter all of that because he is is love. And so because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, that should be good news to us that his love is unconditional, that his love is unchanging, that his love towards us will not be in, will be, will be endless, will not be endless. Come on, I lost the anointing for a second. Um, help me, Holy Spirit. Um, so he then goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, above that, he goes, if I have prophetic powers in understanding all my mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. He didn't say, I do nothing, or he didn't say that I don't have anything. He says, I am nothing. That love is central to who the Christian is. So... The second point, the second question is, well, then why do we love? How is your love life? It's probably one of the healthiest questions that you can ask yourself. Um, your love is just as vital to your spiritual health as your heart is to your physical health. Without the heart, you're dead, right? Ain't no, ain't no pulse, you, you're gone. Um, so are you, with the Christian without love, you are spiritually dead. Jesus gives us truth in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, um, verse 28. And he says, uh, a lawyer stands up in, in the middle of Jesus' teaching, and he says, um, how can I inherit eternal life? That eternal life there, uh, Jesus um, tells us plainly in John 17, three, he says, and this is eternal life, that you may know me, um, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is knowing God. And so when he asks this question, is he's saying, this is the meaning of life. This is eternal life. And, and um, Jesus answers by uh, asking him, well, you know the law. What does the law say? And uh, he reads the, the greatest commandment. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. We see a key connection between loving and living. You want to live? You got to have love. You want to live, you got to be loved first. That Christ died on the cross for your sins and you receive that love through the gift of faith. And so um, we, we have a connection uh, between this eternal life and, and love. That the, this eternal life is the purpose of why you've been created. It's the answer to this question that your life, status, life is satisfied. 
It is your deepest past and present and future desires all wrapped in one. There is no greater thing than having eternal life. No greater thing than knowing Jesus or loving Jesus. And I use those interchangeably because in the Greek, what this is really trying to show is that knowing or loving Jesus is treasuring Jesus, resting in Jesus, believing in Jesus, beholding Jesus, trusting Jesus, being in awe of Jesus, treasuring Jesus is knowing, loving Jesus. And so that is the meaning of life. If you had a question about who are you or what you're supposed to do, why you have been created, uh, in Colossians uh, 1.16 says, all things have been created through him and for him. You have a purpose tonight. Online, you have a purpose. While you woke up and have breath in your body, you have a purpose and it is to know him, to treasure him, to honor him, to worship him. And out of that, there is peace. Out of that, there is freedom. Out of that, there is joy and there is comfort. And so um, we can also see this connection between life and love in our main text in 1 John 4, 9. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. So, right, so we have this, in this was love. The in this is packaged in the manifestation of Christ coming and dying on the cross. So this love was poured out so that you would live through him. So again, we see that connection of between to, 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 to have love is to have life through him. And so... Um, it is because of the love of God that we have been made alive. Love is our main way of being agents of revival. We, one of the heart beats of Mission Church is that we would see Jesus being made much of so that revival would come to this region. The way that we bring about revival in this church, in your community, help, oh, come on, I'm coming to your row now, um, uh, to your neighbor, to your school, to your workplace is love. Because if they see the love of God that is shown through you, your love doesn't point to you, but it points to him who satisfies. And so to, 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 to love is to bring back life. And so we were spiritually dead and love came, died on the cross so that we would live again. So you want to see life in the way uh, of your life, you got to love again. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, love again, love again. To love again is to live again. So, um, he also says this, that by this, all people would know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not how many scriptures you've memorized, not how many times you obeyed the law, not how many times you know all the worship songs, how, how well you lift your hand and worship, and y'all know how to lift hands and worship, come on. Not how well you sing, not how many times um, you pray, but it is by the love that you have for one another that God says you have been marked that you're mine. That's how they know. So, um, this is the mission of the Christian, to show Christ to a thirsty and hungry world in which all we do flows from the love we have. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men to me. So, if we love one another, we have been marked and identified and distinguished by that love. That love points to love himself. 
And so if he be lifted up, he says the results of, of the spiritual uh, life of the Bay Area, that's, that's him. Thank be to God that he, as he's all sovereign and all knowing that our job is to be agents of love so that revival might come, that others would see him instead of us. Um, so my third point, who do we love? In the Bible, love is talked about where there is a subject receiving the love. Love is known through relationship. Love is relational. To say God is love is to say that God is a relational God. Um, in John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And he continues on to say, and this is my commandment, that you would love one another as I have loved you. So we see here, before the call to us to love, he rests his um, charge, his admonition to us in the fact that he says, the Father has loved me. God, when we say God is love, that means before you ever existed, before humankind ever existed, the triune God was a God of love, that he is a relational God. And so out of that, that love that the father has for the son, the son says he has for us. And out of that, we then love other people. So the, the commandment is clear. As we go back to the great, the great commandment with the lawyer and the good Samaritan, it says, loving God first. For it is out of the love for God that we love others. I feel like especially in this day and time, we've been so committed to loving people that has taken the place of loving God. And I'll show you what I mean by that. That we have been so committed in wanting other people to feel a certain way or do a certain thing that we have placed them as a priority over our time with the Lord, over our gifts for the Lord, emphasis on for the Lord. And so we can see this practically. Uh, uh, and um, when I, um, I'm a two and I said, I love people. Um, there was a time when I was uh, in my dorm room during college and um, I hadn't spent time with the Lord really all week. Um, and I said, okay, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend time with the Lord. Um, and I was intentional about it. I had planned it all day. The moment I sat down to open my Bible to read, I get a knock on my door. Michael, we're, we're, we're going out. Can you, uh, you wanna come? Um, I struggle with FOMO. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a fear of missing out. Um, and um, um, past Michael wasn't fully sanctified yet. Um, and so I went and I was like, well, God's going to always be there. I'm not always going to be here. So might as well invest in the people, right? I got to love people well. How you love people well if you don't spend time with them, right? We can justify putting people first in, under the auspice of loving them, but really we're doing them a disservice because love doesn't originate with us. We aren't the source of the love. And so how could you fill someone else up if you haven't been filled yourself? 
So um, it is first that we love God, then we can love people well. If you don't have love for the person of God, how can you have love for the image bearer of God? Right, that the person of God comes first and then out of that orientation, we then value and love the image bearers of God. If we make the mistake of loving people first, you will run to people first. Symptomatically, this will look like running to people to find joy, to find satisfaction, to find approval, to find hope, to find loyalty, to find peace, to find security, to find love. And we'll see in the main text that people aren't the source of our love, God is. He's the only one that can satisfy. He's the only one that can feel. He's the only one that can give you what you really, really want and long for. He's eternal life. So um, specifically in 1 John 4, the command is to love one another. And so we have this love God peace, and then we have this love one another peace. And uh, in this great commandment, the love one another is so crucial because it is not just that we love everybody, which is true, but here the commandment is to love one another. The one another denotes commitment, denotes community. That's why one of the reasons why community is so important is not just so that you can be satisfied, but we just said here that Jesus is made much of when you love one another. That one another love has to happen in a committed community because that's how you know character. That's why job um, references and letters of wreck are so important because um, the people around you know you the best. I know that Mission Church loves me and it feels good and I, I, you've expressed it and you've done so many things. But if one of you came up to me and said, I don't love you, I would be hurt, devastated. But if my mom, who's here tonight, hey mom, hey Miss Teasley. Um, if my mom came up to me and said, um, I don't love you, that hurt deeper because there's a committed relationship there. She knows me. Right, And so um, the love that you have one for one another, um, there are, I always say, um, no one can talk about you like your kids can talk about you. So um, it is the people in your household that I really want to know, what do they think of you? They see you behind the closed doors. Come on, somebody. They see you at night when all the makeup is off. Oh, I'm coming for you today. When all the toupees and the extensions are off, when you're in your pajamas, they know you, but yet they see still love you, right? And so this is the kind of God that we serve in the way that it's poured out to us that we can take off our stuff as a family member and we can see you for who you are and truly you can feel loved because you are fully known and loved. If you are not fully known, you will live with this lie repeating in your mind that if they really knew me, if they knew all the stuff that I did, if they knew my past, if they knew what I did before I came to church, they wouldn't love me. And so we feel like love has an expiration date based on who we get to be vulnerable with. And so the, the charge here is tonight is in a committed community, 
represents the love of God well because God fully knows you. Your past mistakes, your present mistakes, and your future mistakes, but yet his love is not conditional on who you are. Again, it's conditional on who he is, and he is never changing. He is endless. And so it really, we cannot love people this way, one, if we don't love God and he pours his love into us and we can't really fully experience this love unless there is committed people in your life that you do life with that you say, I know you and yet I still choose to love you. I see you for all your mess and I love you. What would that look like if we had people who were committed to loving people like that? The pews would be filled. People are desperate for that kind of love, to be known fully and to be loved at the same time. That's a dangerous weapon right there. That's why people stay in, uh, in relationships that are not good for them because they feel like they can be themselves and yet they get some of this kind of satisfaction because they are fully known there. People want to be fully known and fully loved, that which only God can do. So... Uh, how do we love? How do we love? To love like this requires to be in total awe of his grace. It is when we come under the weight of how much we've been forgiven that love flows. Jesus teaches this in Luke chapter 47. Um, uh, he is at a dinner with the Pharisee, uh, at a Pharisee's house, Simon, and the woman of the city, uh, a prostitute, um, is in the mist, and um, she's the woman that comes and washes Jesus's feet with her tears and wipes his feet uh, with her hair out of this great expression of love. And the Pharisee, Simon, says, um, excuse me, Jesus, <clears throat> if you said who you really were, uh, you wouldn't allow this woman to be touching up on you like that. We don't do that but here. And uh, Jesus is like, hold up, wait a second, sir, bag up, bag up, get out of my business. Uh, and he tells him a, a parable. He says, uh, there is a money lender, and this money lender has two debtors, one that owes him 500 denarii and one of that owes him 50. If you don't remember the, the numbers, I'm good with numbers. If you don't remember the numbers, that's totally okay. The numbers are irrelevant. Um, but he says to them, I mean, Jesus says to him, um, both of these debtors are forgiven. Who would love greater? And Simon goes, well, I guess the one that uh, was forgiven the most. And Jesus goes, you've answered correctly. And this is his response after that. He goes, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. It is when you come under the grace of God that you recognize how much, how rich you were, how tore up from the floor up, banged up from the knee up you are, and you realize that the love of God has met you. It is then when that weight sits on you that you say, not of obligation or out of repayment, but I call it, I can't help it. You just pour out love because of the love that you have been received and have been given. It is not that, um, that we have been forgiven differently because 
because um, if the truth be told, the Pharisee was just as sinful as the woman of the city, but yet the weight of which she understood her need for a savior poured out into the love for the savior. So you want to know, how can I love by this? I would want to say, in what areas of your life have you been much forgiven for? Um, because uh, where you, if you think that you've messed up so much, God can change that mess up to where you can love people so well. So the greater to feel like you are a sinner, the greater lover you can be in Jesus. And so he really transforms and redeems. And so the worst of the worst can become the best of the best when grace gets in the mix, when love gets in the mix. And so 1 John 4 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows him. And anyone who does not know God does not love. Beloved says, one who has loved much, the divinely loved one. So as John in our main text, 1 John 4 here, he says, he starts out beloved. That's a positional truth. That is, you are loved. Before the command can come, you gotta know who you are. So tonight, I just want you to know that you are loved. God sees you, and this really is a command, be loved tonight. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, be loved that's how Jesus is talking to you. You are the loved ones. And out of the love, you then love. So John identifies the source of our love by saying, for love is from God. So not only does this put God as a source, but then we understand ourselves as just the conduits of love, that we don't originate love, but it comes from him. And so in order to love well, we've got to be poured into first, then that love is poured out. He says, whoever, been, whoever loves has been born of God, has been, his past tense, indicating a work. So really the ones who can love are the ones who have been made new. You gotta get a new heart. So the ones who are able, who have the capacity to love, have been born of God, past tense. But then it goes on to say, and knows him, present tense. Meaning that there's a continual abiding that then this love flows. So as you're in quiet time with the Lord during the week, that is when you get filled up so that you can love others well. And so not only are we born again, so we have the capacity to love, but our love is conditional on how much we spend time with love himself. So there is a, a past tense work, a justification through the work of the cross, you get a new heart and you know him because there is a continual fellowship with him. This takes intentionality. This will take community and commitment. So uh, this is how I want to end our time together. Could, um, could you come up, Joe, Paige, and Caroline? I'm a teacher, so uh, I love a little analogies, you know. I got some, I'm bearing some gifts tonight. Um, so take a cup. Paige, you can take a cup. Caroline, here's your cup. All right. This is what we look like during the week. Maybe in the middle of the week and we're at our job or um, we are, you can come over here so we can 
be a little bit centered here. Um, their cups are empty, right? Ain't nothing in them. You can verify, ain't nothing in them. I'm not gonna do a magic trick, I promise. I'm not, I'm not. I just want you to know I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. We see here their cups are empty, and yet um, during the week, maybe Caroline, you're having a hard time. And you go to, to, to the littles and you're like, hey, I just, I just need to be filled up tonight. I, I've had a hard week. Uh, let's get some dinner, um, words of encouragement. And what I love about Caroline is she communicates her needs so well. So this is something that she would literally say and text them um, and be like, I need to be filled up. Can we, can we, can we grab some lunch? So why don't you go to, 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 to the page, try to pour your, pour your cup. What's happening? Nothing, nothing. Because they, Paige hasn't yet spent time with the Lord. She has nothing to give. So we keep going to cisterns that have no water and expecting water. But yet, when Paige spends time in the morning and she goes, I'm loved by God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I'm beautifully, wonderfully made and spends time with the Lord, her cup is filled. And so when Caroline comes to her, she now has something to give because she spent time in the word herself. She spent time with love himself and now she has something to pour out. But what I love about this, I'm not, I'm not leaving you um, dry, Joe. I'll give you some water in a moment. Um, many times we like to look at the world and be like, hmm, Let's see, ooh, that cup looks bigger than that cup. I don't know about that one. Um, he has a nice job. He works for the, the youth, you know, at Mission Church. He godly man, right? And we think, you know, her cup, maybe she just came to the Lord. Maybe she has, um, she just stressed. Her cup, her capacity is, is full. But maybe, Caroline, you still need to be filled up. Joe, why don't you go and try to fill her up? Ain't nothing there. The cup looked good. Sometimes we get distracted by the look of the cup and the cup is not what fills us. But here tonight, this is, a le this, is, this is hope because whether your capacity is small or whether you're a new believer or you just gave your life to Christ at the youth retreat, maybe you feel like your cup is small. It has nothing to do with the size or the look of the cup. It's what's in the cup that matters. So when, when Joe actually is filled by the Lord, we see then that then he can fill Caroline's cup. And what I love about community is now Caroline, again, now can go out, her cup is filled and fill other people. This is spiritual multiplication. So again, it is not the cup that we look for, but it's in the cup that matters. It's what God pours. You cannot pour unless you've been poured into come on tonight. Do not be distracted by the fanciness of the cup. How small, how big, how large. And this is, this is the, my, uh, my baby cousin's cup, so just be careful about that. It's not mine, I promise you. I, I mean, it's not mine. Um, but it, it doesn't matter the size of the cup. It doesn't matter um, the, 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 the sturdiness of the cup. The cup is empty. It is until it's been filled that then love, that transforms, because now Caroline is no longer thirsty. She has been filled and the water is new. Amen.
So as I, as I, um, as I'm done, thank you so much. Do not drink the water. I don't know where this is from. So, um, I'm not getting in trouble tonight. Don't sue me. Mm -mm. Or as they say, as the young people say, don't at me, don't at me. Um, a couple of re a reflection questions for you to think of uh, in your time with the Lord uh, to, to feel how, what is the quantity and the quality of your love life? The, the first reflection question, you can either take a picture of it or you can write it down. And this is your, your time during the week. Would you just spend some time in prayer and thinking about the answer to these questions? There are five of them. The first one is, just take a moment to think about the ways that you have been forgiven. Are there any areas of your life that you need to experience the forgiveness of God? 1 John 1, 9 says, He is just and faithful, that if you confess your sins, He will forgive you. That's a promise. And He will clean you. The second question, how would you describe the quality of your intentional alone time with the Lord? Given time, people are now all on phones and taking pictures. You're right, I'm giving you a second. The third one, how would you describe your quality of intimacy with Jesus? The fourth one is, I think I changed it a little bit, so between my notes, but who are you committed to doing life with? In what ways do they love you well? In what ways do you love them well? How could you grow in your love for one another? And a lot of times in prayer, getting for the next one, a lot of times in prayer, um, we are always talking to God and we, always, we don't sometimes leave space to hear him speak because he speaks. And if you want to hear him audibly, just read his word out loud and then you'll hear him audibly. Um, but this last one is just for a space for you to pause and, and listen to the leading of his spirit. It's Jesus, in what ways can I grow and deepen and first my love for you and then my love for others? Let's pray. If you're here tonight, so with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here tonight and you don't know this love that I've been talking about and this love is a person, his name is Jesus. And he came so that you would have life. If you don't know him in that intimate way of knowing and loving Jesus, you can have that tonight before you leave out this room, before you in the YouTube um, live stream. You can have that. If you are here tonight on account um, down from three, when I get to one, if that's you, if, if you want to know Jesus that way, would you raise your hand? I would love to pray with you and for you. Three, two, one. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes, God. God, we honor you. We thank you for their lives, their hand. God, as an act of, of submitting to say, I don't have it all together, but God, you do. 
And God, I need you. I, I see how much, God, you are wanting to pour your love into me. I see you as Lord and I see what you did on the cross and paid the price that I owed, but God, but took it on to you that I may have life. I believe that, I receive that. Lord, would you, God, move in their lives, make your love so tangible for them. God, that it wouldn't just stop at them, but God, it would be, they would be conduits of love for their family, God, love for their friends, to see, God, that this love, God, is unstoppable. God, we love, we, we're excited to see what you're gonna do in their lives. Their lives will never be the same. If you're here tonight and you do know Jesus intimately in the way that I've been speaking, we all have areas to grow and that's just called sanctification until we get to that side of glory. And so um, really our, our, our hands should be up, even mine tonight. Uh, but if the Lord has been leading you in a special way this evening, that I just, I, I, I'm challenged to love him more deeply and to love others more deeply. W would you just lift your hand tonight? God, you see these hands. God, the results are up to you. God, you know every single one of them by name. You know their social security. You know their debit card information. You know it all. Ain't nothing they can hide from you. And God, yet you still love us. And we thank you. God, it's only because of what you produce in us. God, you're not asking us to perform. You're just asking us to produce, to let you produce in us the love that we cannot have the source of. So we, we look to you tonight. God, charge us to, to live again, to love again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.